0: Welcome to the Wealthy Podcast. This is our first episode of 2021. Hi, Peter, how are you? Hey,
1: Tiffy, good to be with you. Happy New Year and Merry Christmas to everybody.
0: Happy New Year to our audience. We will be talking about investing in Bitcoin versus investing in property. It has a lot to do with how you spent your Christmas break, right?
1: Yes, I took time off uh, from the 14th of December, Tiffy. Um, I I like to take the Christmas and New Year period. Off. We work really hard during the year and I think there's just something really nice about switching off. And um, it's hard for me to completely switch off. Uh, yep. The brain's always thinking, as I'm sure you can relate Happens. to. Happens. You can relate to. Um, and so, you know, while we were on break, um, I did a lot of reading and spent some time understanding cryptocurrencies uh, a little bit better. Um, as you know I love real estate um, and I want to share with you and our listeners and everybody else um, what we've learned and where we think things where we think things are going
0: awesome so before we keep going I don't want to forget this so guys if you're listening to us, through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, subscribe to our channel, you can leave a review. We wanna hear what your thoughts are on Apple Podcasts. If you're watching this on YouTube, again, subscribe to our channel. And on Facebook, you can leave us comments, interactions, thumbs up, and it all helps with the organic reach. So, we'll jump straight into it. Can I ask how you started your research regarding cryptocurrency?
1: So, I've been looking at cryptocurrencies for, for a while Tiffy. I remember in 2011, um, my best friend called me and he actually sent me an SMS and he said, what do you think about Bitcoin? And I was like, what's that? <laughs> yeah, what is that? I had to Google it. Um, and I was the guy that was going on TV talking about stocks and I used to work in financial markets at that point. And I was caught a little bit off guard um, and I started to read about it and I didn't understand it. Mm. Um, so I've got a habit that I only invest in things that I understand. It's I a good habit. It's the best thing ever, mm. right? It it has saved me so much um, from being caught into things that blow up. Um, and Bitcoin was at about a hundred bucks. Um, didn't understand it, and then we all know what 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 happened to it. Kept going up, kept moving. And over the years, being a technology business ourselves and having a lot of friends in this space, mm-hmm. always trying to edu- educate ourselves. Um, with what's happening to digital currencies. And I think this year, just with some downtime, I decided to invest a little bit more time to understand why the price is rising. Um, And I think, Tiffy, some of the lessons, I I don't just want today to be about Bitcoin, but I think today is just a general discussion around things that are rare. Okay. Why we love real estate. So real estate is still my number one investment asset. Mm.
0: Um,
1: But one of the lessons I learned is that it's very dangerous to be closed-minded. So I'd rather not invest in something after I've, I've looked at it and analysed it and said it's too hard than just to close my mind to something. Yeah. And I decided to continue to open up my mind and learn.
0: So there's a fine line between acquiring knowledge and getting caught in analysis paralysis, right? Very true. So you're trying to understand it, which is not as easy. It's not as straightforward, right? That's okay. right. Okay. And what are your top learnings from what you've discovered over this period?
1: So one of the things I've learned over the past few years is that realis- the best real estate is the rare, rarest real estate. Anything that's rare rises in value.
0: Because of supply constraints.
1: Absolutely. I studied economics at school. Econ- I studied economics at uni. Then a masters in financial analysis. And I used to hear demand and supply. And it went, came yeah. through one ear, went out the other. Yes. Like you, right? But it really is so true. Things that are rare, the more rare something is, mm-hmm. the more likely it is to rise in value.
0: Can I ask, so when we have cryptocurrencies, there is all sorts of cryptocurrencies. Bitcoin is the best well-known, right?
1: Bitcoin is sort of the leader. Yeah. Um, I think we're at the very early stage, um, and we'll talk about this today, of um, digital currencies going mainstream. Yeah. Um, Today, you and I have Australian dollars in our bank account, and that is a government-issued currency, which we use to buy everything in our life but there is a new breed of digital currencies. Even the Australian dollar has gone digital now, right? Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't had like money in my wallet for a very long time. Yeah. So, but that's a government-issued centralised currency. These cryptocurrencies that have came out, particularly Bitcoin, they're not issued by a particular government. Mm. Um, it's completely peer-to-peer. And Bitcoin is rising because there is a limited supply um, of 21 million coins okay. out there. And i didn't really understand how that supply worked okay and i think um the education process for me was really around that understanding how does this all work and the mechanics of it
0: yeah which is not easy right but uh, and once you start reading and learning and trialing it you bought yeah. some right
1: yeah yeah um i i first did my research and mm. By the way, there's no financial advice here. We're talking, you know, education only. We're sharing our own personal yeah, experience. Um, you know, real estate by far is, is, a, is a better asset to build wealth in, mm. um, but you know, I've been investing in real estate for a little while now and I'm in a position where I could look at expanding my portfolio um, and I did buy some Bitcoin and I will continue to buy some and Bitcoin into the future.
0: It's good to, um, like, as you evolve your portfolio, you evolve your finances, yep. and you can do other things. When you start, you do one thing and you do it right. There's no diversification when you're starting, right? Yep. Now that you've spent a good amount of time doing property, yep. you're ready to move on to other things. Yeah,
1: and I'll, conti- I'll continue to buy property until the day I die, hopefully, <laughs> um, and so that I can pass it on because I think, you know, it's th- the right property mm. is excellent. It puts money in our pockets, um, but going back to Bitcoin, I understood that it, this is something very, very rare, and the mechanics of it make it very rare, and it's rising in value, and it's being traded by people around the world because of its rarity, mm. and and last year we spoke a lot about what's happening to the money system, how governments continue to print money, flood the system with cash. Yeah. Yeah. Every single episode that I was on last year, like a broken record, the worst place is to be in cash. They're printing so much money, you don't want to be in cash. And a lot of people are waking up to that um, because a government can create as much money as they want. Yes. You know that better than I do.
0: I do, I do. And I was speaking about this with a friend this morning, and then I I come from Argentina. I mentioned this in quite a few episodes. Coming from a developing country, the economy works very differently. It's a lot more unstable, and governments have a habit of getting out of problems simply by printing more money the more money you inject into a market the more inflation you got i was sharing yesterday the story of how my mom always tells me i was born in the late 80s and when she was buying nappies for me she used to go like the sooner she could go the better because every hour they kept reticketing the price of the nappies right and nappies are expensive that's (laughs) crazy (laughs)
1: like i don't think I definitely didn't experience that growing up, but what did that do to the habits of people in your country?
0: Oh, it's I, I can see how my habits are different to average Aussie habits. So we are, there's exceptions, but we're really, really good at saving to invest, and you invest in bricks because cash is worth nothing in a few months time. So when I was trying to explain, and it's very hard for someone who hasn't lived through it to understand it, but I was raised in an era where one Argentinian peso one was equal to one US dollar, it was the golden years. And you traveled abroad and everything was felt super cheap for us, right? now. In the 2001 crisis, that was a massive crisis, and from one day to the next, the money was worth one fourth. So you needed four pesos to buy one US dollar. And even if you had US dollars in your bank account, the government issued a um, law where they just pacified everything. So it doesn't—it didn't matter how you saved your money. Now that was a terrible time, but as time has gone by, your money being worth one fourth is horrible. Now. A few years go by, I left Argentina to come to Australia in twenty fifteen. And I believe the exchange rate at that point in time was around fifteen Argentinian pesos equals one US dollar.
1: So just to recap, it yes. went from one to one.
0: One to one to one, one to four.
1: One to four. You left Argentina at one, one to 15. fifteen. Fifteen pesos to buy one US dollar.
0: Exactly. And now today, I was calling my dad 30 minutes ago to confirm that this is what he's experiencing because whatever you look at in the internet, you have many different um, numbers flying around. So the real exchange rate today, um, I I think it's a third, fifth of Jan, I think, uh, it's 165 pesos to buy one US dollar. Now, A couple of months ago, it reached its height at 195 pesos to buy one US dollar. I haven't returned to Argentina since 2017. I was planning on going in 2020 and COVID happened. And to be honest, I don't know what things are worth. Like I go there and I behave just like another tourist. I have no clue how much I should be paying for anything really.
1: That's amazing. And I think the lesson here is that Currencies devalue over time. Mm. So if you have a look, um, I did a little bit of um, research myself. That that's fascinating because Tiffy, what you're saying is happening today. It's yeah. not like looking back in the past and saying this happened, you know, some time ago. There are people living in Argentina that, if you had a thousand dollars in a bank, it is now worth one one hundred and eightieth of what it was worth if you just kept money in the bank.
0: Exactly, and
1: your cash devalues relative. We're talking about US dollars. That's because everybody in Argentina trusts the US dollar more than their own currency, right?
0: Properties are traded in US dollars. Why
1: don't people trade properties in in the local yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) they're worth nothing. (laughs) Exactly. And and that's the thing. So no one wants to keep the Argentine peso because in a few months time, it will be buy you half of what it bought you um, a few months ago. In, I was telling the story of how you can buy for Christmas We follow a lot of what the Italians do because we had a lot of Italian migration. The Italians love panettone. Argentinians love panettone. So Dom brought a panettone to the office and I was like smiling (laughs) and having it. And I was sharing how you can buy a panettone in Argentina and pay it in 24 months, right? At 0% interest rate. (laughs) And you're thinking in Australia, a panettone, that's not an expensive purchase. Yeah. But in Argentina... It is expensive, and because you want to be buying that, like you'd rather be using that money for something else if if it's zero interest rate with your credit card, you know it's going to be worth nothing when you're paying it in 24 months' time. But you go into that debt cycle that mm-hmm. you have to make sure that you're managing it really well. It's quite complex.
1: And you also have to be making sure that the money you're earning is not devaluing, right? Mm. Like I don't think anybody in, in today in Sydney, Australia would go out and work a whole year for five thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, But if you're getting, you know, $100,000, but that $100,000 is devaluing by 20 times a year, that's going to be worth five grand. And, you know, to some people it's all very mathematical and it's confusing. But the point here is that a government can continue to print money. Mm. And as they do, the value of that money falls. I remember my parents, my parents come from Iraq and Iraq is one of the, the wealthiest countries when it comes to energy, mm. um, but because it was mismanaged and you had very bad governments, and Iraqi dinar went from three, uh, three US dollars, I think it was, for one dinar, to 3,000 or whatever. And I remember when, when there was a 2000 and, um, the 2003 um, war, second Gulf War, change of government, um, I was young and I was seeing a lot of people online saying, buy Iraqi dinars, you know, buy Iraqi dinars because it's a new, the, 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 the country's changing new government. And I said to my dad, I said, dad, do you think it's worthwhile? And he said to me, look, when currencies collapse, they're very unlikely to recover. Once a currency has a run on it, um, and that's, you know, stood out to me, um, even in Lebanon, Tiffy, um, I'm sure we have a lot of listeners that might have family in Lebanon or know somebody in Lebanon. The Lebanese lira has gone from 1,500 to 1 to about five, 6,000 to 1 and it continues to devalue. Mm. And so what a lot of investors there have been doing is they've been trying to get rid of their currency and they buy real estate, they buy statues, they buy art, they buy anything that's rare. Mm. And so far in the world we haven't had an issue where the US dollar has been problematic. The US yes. dollar has always been the safest place for, you know, every night on the news when you see the Australian dollar being quoted, it's quoted relative to the US dollar because it's quoted relative to the biggest currency and the currency that's perceived to be the safest. Yeah. But I think what happened this year, and this goes back to my thought process, and you know, in March and April, um, sorry, sorry, last year, um, I was really looking at the amount of money that the US government's printing um, you know, right before Christmas, we had another two trillion dollar stimulus. Well um, Trump was going to war with the Democrats, and that 's all political garbage to me, but another two trillion dollars created. Everybody gets a six hundred dollar check yeah and the u s government now owes more than twenty trillion dollars, and we 're in the middle of a pandemic. Mm. Uh, there's concerns that there's going to be a second strain of the virus in the, in the US like there has been in the UK. UK.
0: Yeah.
1: California's in lockdowns. Mm. Um, we're very blessed in Australia to be in a country where we have it under control so far. Yeah. But I think what's going to happen in 2021 is governments are going to be forced to print more money yes, because they have to stimulate the economy. I was talking s- this morning to my local 7-Eleven guy and he's telling me about how quiet it is, how it's 50 to 60 percent quieter this year than what it was t- the same period last year. Mm. And and, and, I, and I thought about that and I'm like, well, our economy is doing okay. Why is this guy's business suffering? It's because the only way to stop the pandemic from spreading is to stop people from moving around. Yes. When you stop people from moving around, you're reducing the economic juice yeah. in the economy. There's less turnover, there's less transactions, it, there's deflationary pressure on services. Yeah. However, when you offset that by printing more money and giving people job seeker, job keeper, and, and there'll be more, yes. right? The government. That's the only way for the government to, to manage this is to print more money and to sh- ship it out to the people. What happens is the business suffers, the Seven Eleven 11 guy um, suffers, but if you have a rare asset, it's going to rise relative to the currency.
0: 100%. More paper,
1: and that's why we saw real estate prices rise last year. Yeah. Right? Me, you, and Dom came out in March and April when we were in the eye of the pandemic and said, the market's going to rise. People thought we were crazy. Yes. But what happened?
0: Yeah, no, exactly. I just posted on my LinkedIn an article and – Some articles, like everyone can say whatever they want. They're talking about a few of the biggest Australian cities growing double digit this year no one can predict the future but the sentiment is there and I do believe that's the way we're going to see the market evolve and I think as you mentioned Australia is one of the best countries to be in. I I was comparing Australia to some other markets and what's happened in the last 25 years so Australia from 1991 till 2020 didn't have a recession whereas when you compare with other developed markets like the US, UK, Canada, all of them had at least one or two recessions in that period, right? So yes, Australia has gone into recession in 2020, but still we have it very light here. Mm. And I don't think that a recession equals properties going down in value. No. No, Not necessarily.
1: If the government does nothing, yes. Yes, agree. Okay. If the government sits, and you saw it in Argentina, and we've seen it everywhere, if the government sits and says, bugger you, But if the government countermeasures by increasing grants, um, cutting stamp duty, right? New South Wales is is about to change stamp duty laws. Victoria's got a 50% discount. If the government starts coming into the market and buying real estate, you have the perfect storm for an asset that's rare like real estate because it doesn't grow on trees. You can't just print another piece of real estate. Mm. It's going to rise in value. And Tiffy, this goes to cryptocurrencies, the reason why – you know, I've been taking an interest in cryptocurrencies. There's a lot of crap in the cryptocurrency yeah. space because any scammer in Russia can create his own cryptocurrency and fool people into mm. buying it. That's that's not where my interest is. My interest has been on Bitcoin because it's a rare asset, 21 million coins, total supply and it's been going up in value. And it's not going up, I don't believe it's going up in value because it's anything special or it's perfect. It's going up in value because a lot of investors around the world are getting really nervous now about the cash Cash. that they're holding. And they're saying, if I've got, and." We're talking about the value of Bitcoin today. It's not a joke. Like it's not something that you can just say, this is a scam. This is something you can dismiss. It's $600 billion mm. of, of Bitcoin being value being held out there. And if you think it's dumb, well, you're basically saying um, the people that have invested $600 billion are not as smart as me, right? And if you think that's the case, then that's fine. But I think what you should at least look and and see that is that as it rises in value, there's going to be a consequence because people um, don't just think about changing their cash for Bitcoin. They have to think about changing their cash for real estate. And yes. they also think about changing their cash for stocks. Yeah. And on stocks, if, if, you believe, if you don't believe in cryptocurrency anything, it's something that isn't a real thing. Have a look at Amazon's stock value. Go to Google and type in Amazon share price. Mm. Have a look at Tesla have a look at Facebook, have a look at Airbnb, have a look at all these big you know, companies that are on our phones. Their stock prices, last year in the eye of the pandemic, their stock prices have been going through the roof. Yeah. Why? The investors buying them are not dumb. The investors buying them are saying, I'd rather take my money and buy this business, yeah. even if the valuation is sky high, than just hold on to cash.
0: 100%. And it just makes sense. And when we're thinking about different types of investments, what suits you doesn't necessarily suit me. Yep. And we all have different risk appetites, different. Um, we understand different things. We can feel comfortable with different things, right? Now, I started with property. That's yep. what I understand. I'm trying to keep learning and growing and we can learn our entire lives and within property there is so many different strategies i i told when i was starting with property i actually wanted to start at the same time with the stock market but i couldn't focus my energy on both right i chose the one that i felt was right for me Mm -hmm. at the stage i was at now maybe in five ten years time once i'm more of an expert on property i'm like okay now i can I've built a portfolio and I can start diversifying. The more I hear about Bitcoin, the more I'm inclined to prioritize cryptocurrencies versus the stock market. Again, I will have to choose what I want to learn about
1: It's interesting because you're a really rational kind of investor you've you've seen you're not naive, right like you've seen pain and you know both sides of the equation mm. um, and I think. You can continue if you buy good real estate. You yeah. don't need to own anything else. I agree. Right? I don't need to go and buy Bitcoin. I
0: get bored though. That's right.
1: It's <laughs> it, it's it's uh, it's for me it's uh, it's an intellectual challenge. I yeah. like to learn things, yes. and if I'm looking at something and you know I invest in it, I'm gonna have a piece of my heart that goes into that. I'm gonna understand and. You know, when my cousin asks me, hey, should I buy this? I'll be like, go and get your property first. Yes. <laughs> go and invest in what I think is the best deal going around, which is residential real estate um, and major metropolitan cities because the government's throwing money at you to yes. get into the market. Banks have never been lending so cheap yep. and they're going to lend more this year. And there's only so much amount of land. Uh, there's only so many um, apartments that you can put on major growth hubs and while your rent might be depressed for a few years because of the pandemic it's going to grow into the future
0: of course population grows exponentially Australia we've we've been saying this for the last year we've seen a graph of the last 100 years of migration into Australia after each recession there was a spike in the migration it makes sense if if we think we're having it at a tough time, you go to any other country around the world and they're having 10 times mm. as bad as we have it, right? So Australia is always that distant, far safe place that is doing better than the rest of the world. Yeah. And therefore, if people are thinking this country, just like me, as like, I want a better future for myself. Where should I go? Australia is an amazing place. You can live Tell in me
1: about some of your friends that are in different parts of the world or family. What's it like? Give mm. me some examples.
0: Oh, I I'm, I belong to a very, very unique generation of Argentinians who are just fleeing the country. Yeah. Um, Europe is probably the number one destination and it has a lot to do with Argentina received al- received a lot of migrants from World Wars one and two. So a lot of people hold on to EU passports. Oh, yeah. So the, the moment you have a EU passport, it's just easy, yep. right? Um, Not after Brexit. Well, but you will go to Spain. Yeah, of course. Right, Spain, Italy. Now, Spain and Italy are probably doing... N- not great compared to other developed countries like Australia, Canada, which are more stable. Like they never fully recovered from the global financial crisis. Do you have
1: friends there?
0: Yeah. Yeah. My sister is living in Spain. Well, for what's instance. that like in Spain? Oh, it's, it's tough. She's been blessed with having a passport and a good job. It's not been easy. You have a lot of unemployment in there. And um, COVID is the second wave of COVID is not slowing down. They're going backwards and yeah, it's, it's, not easy. It's tough times. It's better than Argentina. Yes, it is. Unemployment in Argentina is probably like 45-50%. Wow. In Spain, I don't know the numbers but I can guess it's less than 45-50% of unemployment.
1: What about, do you have any friends in Italy? or?
0: I have friends... I have people I know, not, not close friends, so I don't know hmm. that much about what's going on in t- I know more about Spain, for instance.
1: Yeah, I know for example, I've got family in um, London. Yeah. Um, we were in London last year and a lot of our investors are in London, and we've got a very strong base in London as a, as a business. Yes. And they're in, they're going through. They're just I think today are going through. They're going from stage four to a full lockdown. Yeah,
0: stage five and, lockdowns.
1: And anybody that's been to London, London is the most happening city mm-hmm. in the world. It's like it's like Sydney on steroids times a hundred. Agree. And for London, the epicentre of the world, to be going through a lockdown again mm. speaks volumes. Um, you know, LA, um, I listen to a lot of podcasts myself and you just hear that there's, there's a lot of resentment and a lot of lockdown fatigue yes. starting to come out. A lot of people are like, F this. Yes. Um, we, can't, we can't cope with this anymore. We mm. can't handle... I think in LA there's a 10pm 10, 10 curfew and people are just blatantly... We're complaining in Sydney about having to wear a mask in a shopping centre. Yeah. Right? (laughs) So I think that puts into perspective. But let's not look at uh, the reason why I'm saying this is I'm saying this for this reason. I don't want to put a dampener. I actually want to bring perspective. Yes. And as you said, people here to understand how good we have it. Yes. And to understand the opportunity that's in front of your eyes. London is one of the most unaffordable markets. Before this hit. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine now the average worker or the average employee trying to get into the property markets unheard of. Like yeah. its they can't even hold on to their job. So there's so much happening. Governments are just going to print so much more money this year. And that's why Bitcoin, real estate, hard assets, Amazon, Tesla, anything that's rare yes and has good a ba- fundamental base to it is going to do a lot better than a piece of paper from the government.
0: Totally. And when when we talk about um, going back to your learnings from mm-hmm. Bitcoin versus property, right? So we're talking about two things that are rare. There's limited supply. Yep. And that's what we like. Now, of course, one of them has been around for centuries, and that's property. Yep. It Everyone needs a roof over their heads. So when we talk property, we're talking especially about residential property.
1: Residential, I think, is the best game in town because commercial, industrial, your your tenants are large businesses. Yes. And it's a lot easier, I believe, to swap out a residential tenant who, who falls on hard times Yes, um, than it is to find a business to take over your big building.
0: Exactly. Yeah. As in industrial and commercial, I think, are great assets for a more advanced investor, I yeah, want to say. Yep, yep. Uh, higher risk, higher reward. That's right. Um, but going, I, I'm learning from my own experience in, in my family. My, my dad has built hotels, and hotels in Argentina have been suffering a lot, yep. whereas everyone needs a roof over their head, so I think it's a safer choice to go for just Resi. 100%. So one has been around for centuries. Bitcoin has been around 10
1: years? Yeah, 10 years. Um, it w- it which is really fascinating because you can go back, because it's a digital currency, you can go back and have a look at technically every single transaction is on a yep. public ledger and you can go back to when it started. Okay. So it's this decentralized system, public ledger. It's been around for just over a decade. So it's new. And most people are like, well, I can't see it, feel it and touch it. It's not a real thing. Yes. And uh, my, my response to that is, Correct. But how much money do you have in your bank account? Whatever. Can you see, feel, and touch that? <laughs> no, but I can log on to internet banking and see that. I'm <laughs> oh, okay, but well that's numbers on a computer screen too. Yes. So sure. Your money in Commonwealth Bank, your money in, in, in St George is a lot Safer than a cryptocurrency. Yes. But don't be naive to think just because you can't see it, it's not a real thing.
0: Exactly. I'd rather have Bitcoin than cash, I agree. Yep. Uh, But I understand how people understand cash and not necessarily understand cryptocurrencies. Yeah. And yesterday you were showing us where you store it.
1: Yeah. So, you know, you can store cryptocurrencies with an exchange um, or you can also store it on your own device. Okay. Um, and it's like a title to a house. You know, um, a title to a house used to be a piece of paper. Yes. And you took it to a land titles office and they stamped it and they kept a copy. Yeah. Um, and then that became digitized. If you buy no. a house or an apartment today, you don't walk in and see a title hanging on someone's wall, no. right? There are different <laughs> ways to store <laughs> and to manage that. Um, and there's a centralized a government department in most countries that administers titles of of real estate.
0: Mm, Exactly. So here um, you will store your cryptocurrency somewhere. And let's talk about...
1: It's like storing your Aussie dollars. Okay. If I give you 500 bucks, you're going to go and store it in your bank account. Yes. So it's the same thing. Unless you want to store that physically under your bed or in your wallet.
0: Yeah. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Who (laughs) does that anymore? When we talk about acquiring this, so one of the things that we've, I think we've mentioned it in quite a few episodes, but when we talk leverage, I think most of the people don't understand leverage and the power of leverage. So guys, for anyone out there in simple terms, leverage is when we go and borrow money from the banks, let's say, to buy a property. I'm going to put an example where I raise in my own savings a 20% deposit, go and ask the bank for the remainder 80%. And basically, I like property because... I'm able to get in to this property just by saving 20%, and my tenant will pay for rent, and rent will cover all expenses, and the property will get paid off, the debt will get paid off over, let's say, the next 30 years, and I haven't paid for 80% of that property, and probably that property has even put money into my bank account and grown in value, right? So the power of leverage, which I know it's very hard to understand, when you're buying Bitcoin, cryptocurrency stocks, you have to raise 100% of the money that you're going to invest.
1: Today, you do. Um, traditionally, when, when my grandma's generation were buying real estate, they weren't borrowing from a okay. bank. Um, I think, you know, my great-great-grandparents probably bought a piece of land and built their own house. And
0: Here in Australia?
1: No, back, back from where they came from.
0: I'm asking that because in Argentina, you can borrow. Yeah. But because of inflation, interest rates are ridiculous. Yeah. So, it's sort of a bad word to go and borrow money. It yep. just doesn't make a lot of sense. You are better off with having someone, a fiscal person, if you can. Any of your family members lend you money, yeah, um, because it's quite unmanageable the debt, right?
1: Yeah, so traditionally <coughs> traditionally, people bought something, saved up and bought something. Yes. And then, you know, the banking system, we, we, we financialize, and you can go and get, as Tiffy said, the best deal going around is to go and borrow money to buy assets. I pay 2% per yes. year um, and somebody pays me 4% return on my investment and that's how I build wealth and yes. I grow my portfolio. Cryptocurrencies at the moment, um, you need to go and, and buy them yeah. with hard cash. But they're developing too. Mm. So decentralised finance, you know, DeFi is another term that I think is going to hit the headlines this year. It's about how that's maturing. So if I've got, you know, 10 units of currency, um, I can then lend them to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you have five, you can borrow, you need to have a backing. Like you can't just go and buy a house with no deposit. Yeah. You can't go and take the money from Commonwealth Bank, a million dollars, and put it in your in, in your wallet and say, oh, I'm gonna go look for a house. Mm. You gotta find a house first. Yes. Take the security of that house, then they will lend against it. So that's happening also in the in the digital currency space. Well. Very early stage, very risky, early days, but it'll it, it is happening and fi- it's being financialized and maturing.
0: So maybe in five years' time I don't know if things are gonna happen in five years. Yep. It might become something pretty standard to go and borrow money to invest in cryptocurrency, Yeah, let me,
1: let me give you an example, right? Yes. If you came to me and you said, hey, I need to borrow a thousand bucks. Yes. And I'm gonna give you nothing for security. Mm. I'd be like, mate, yeah, I know you, no problem, right? I you, tr- our trust together yeah. is your collateral. Yes. If you came to me and said, hey, here's 10 grand. I'm gonna give it to you. I need to borrow a thousand bucks. Sure thing, right? Why wouldn't I do it? I've got your 10 grand, or you give me your car, or you give me something else. So with digital currencies, you can also take your currencies and say, I'm pledging these as collateral, and I want to borrow against them. Okay, So there's gonna be someone there that says, cool. You know? Whoever believes in the potential. Yeah, there's always gonna be risk management and everything else, but it's coming, it's happening.
0: Makes a lot of sense. Now, what about, so in the stock market, some stocks will provide you with dividends a few times a year, maybe once a year, a couple of times a year, whatever it is. And then you're hoping that it will also appreciate in time with properties you have monthly rent, and then the property grows in value. What happens with cryptocurrency? Do you get paid out like an influx of money every month, passive income?
1: It depends. Again, it's very early days. If you think about a property, a property doesn't actually give you rent. When you go and take that property and give let someone borrow it, yeah. they pay you the rent. Yes. So it's not like the property itself just has this mechanism. It's, it's our ability of investors to make different arrangements with different people and for different people to pay and say, I will take you up on that deal and here is rent in return. Mm. Um, And we're a few hundred, maybe we're a few thousand years into that process. Yes. Uh, In the digital currency space, it's very early stage where there are... um, investors that are willing to borrow from you yeah. and pay you a return. Mm. Um, again, it works differently. So you can potentially, um, just in the same way that Commonwealth Bank takes my term deposit and gives me nothing yeah. and lends it to you. <laughs> and <laughs> yes. that's how they've become the biggest businesses in Australia. It's also happening in that space.
0: Awesome. Now, for me, I've not uh, I've not done um, cryptocurrencies myself. I was like sharing my experience and if i'm going to recommend something it's out of experience so i like that you're getting into it and, yep. and sharing your experience the one thing i know a lot of people have done and again this is not financial advice and i'm not advising anyone to do this but in developing countries and um, one of the issues you face and why i don't necessarily like investing in developing countries is Governments are really happy when you bring money into the country and when you you wanna take it out, there's all of these restrictions, right? So if you wanted to remove your money from Argentina because you feel it's not a safe economy or whatever and you wanna bring it somewhere else in the world, it's pretty hard. There's plenty of restrictions. So one thing that has become a trend is people buying cryptocurrencies to then sell them somewhere else Mm. and that's a way to take the money out of the country.
1: Yeah, so governments have controlled money yes uh, every government sort of controls its own notes and its yep. own issuance and then when governments get into trouble yes they start to confiscate yeah that money it happened in china happened in turkey if you have a look at the turkish lira versus the us dollar um there's capital controls um happening in lebanon now if you had 100 grand in of us dollars in the bank and you go and say give me my 100 grand doesn't exist anymore mm. they're like no more we can only give you 500 us a month yes. right so uh, people look at cryptocurrencies and say well um there's no government in the middle yes um and so maybe this is a solution for them i think it's something really complex um to me it's everyone will have their own use case. Yes. Um, but it's it's the same reason why people buy real estate, right? And again, I want to bring everything back to real estate. Um, you might buy real estate because um, you want to retire. You might buy real estate because um, you want to provide for your children. You want to, you might have a medical issue where you you have to stop working.
0: Or oh. simply bid inflation.
1: Or simply as a speculator to say, screw cash, I want to maintain my standard of living. Exactly. I want to retire and have my health taken care of, travel, my family comfortable, cash won't give it to me, this will. Yes. Um, So yeah, crypto digital assets um, have the ability to be transacted digitally. Mm. In the same way that you can send an email to Argentina and not have to worry about a postal service, distributing it, you can send a digital anything Including a digital currency to somebody there.
0: You can also buy. I bought property digitally. Oh, really? (laughs) As in, tell us that story. So I bought property in New Zealand. I wasn't there to check out the property. I wasn't there to sign any paperwork. I had a team there, and it it was at a distance. Wow! Right, I know not everyone is safely. not everyone feels comfortable doing that and i wanna put um a warning sign that the most important thing is that you a know what you're doing and b have an amazing team yeah. otherwise i don't recommend you doing things overseas if you don't have a great team yeah. because you're it's very hard to solve issues at a distance right yeah
1: Like Tiffy, I mean, if you had said to somebody 10 years ago, I bought a property online, they would have thought you're crazy, right? (laughs) But when you just explained to me how you did it, it makes sense. Yeah. I signed something online, transferred money, blah, 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 blah. We're in a lockdown now and we're all sitting in our houses and some of us are in our offices. We're doing everything digitally anyways. Yes. So an actual currency, an agreement between – that's all a digital currency is. It's an agreement between us.
0: And it's trust.
1: It's, it's trust and how you manage that trust. Yes. If you remove me screwing you and you screwing me and you create a mechanism where we can't screw each other, yeah. Okay, then all of a sudden it becomes a pretty valuable thing. I agree. And if this thing is rising in value because um, the biggest investors around the world want to get out of paper money and get into this, then I look at that and I say, what ramifications will this have for me as an average guy in Sydney, Australia and my investments? And that's the point that we sort of yeah, wanted maybe.
0: to So, push. I wanna, I think we're closing up. I wanna leave a message and maybe you leave a message as well. Of course. So, for us today, we were discussing Bitcoin versus property. For me, it could be any asset class versus property. I like property, I understand property. I think it can be done digitally, if you want to. I, I like it, not just because I understand it, because I believe in it, because I've experienced it myself and I've seen the rewards, okay? And I consider I'm at my early stages. If I have the next 30, 40 years of investing ahead, I'm at my early stages. I wanna keep learning and growing and and expanding my knowledge. But I agree with you, I don't wanna be close to any other asset classes because I think there is potential in anything really. So my message to anyone listening or watching this video is, I get started, get started learning about one asset class that you like if it's property you of course can come to us and we're here to help you and accelerate that journey and provide all of our knowledge to you um but basically i was talking with this friend this morning and he's sitting on a lot of cash and i was telling him the first one is the hardest you'll ever do Mm. whatever that is just put an objective where it at Beginning of January 2021, just set a date that isn't too far away so you have some urgency to take action, but go and get started. If it's not property, anything else, but just go and take action because what we've been talking about, government printing money, your money will be worth a lot less in one year time.
1: Yeah, 100%. Perfectly summarized. Um, digital currencies are not for everybody. If you don't understand it, don't go near it. If you're open to ideas and you want to intellectually challenge yourself and you have a curious mind, um, it's very fascinating what's Mm -hmm. happening there. Tread on the side of caution. Um, If you're building and you're starting out, real estate is by far um, what we believe personally to be the place to be. Mm. Um, And the world is changing and don't just think that you are immune from consequences by sitting in cash because the cash that you sit in is also moving Hmm. you don't see you might not think that the the price of cash but the governments and around the world are in a situation where we haven't been for a few hundred years Hmm. and they're desperate and the world is changing and you know string this all together and and lighten yourself and See it as an opportunity. Agree. Don't be overwhelmed. We're not trying to confuse people. We're trying to open up your mind. Um, but there really is so much opportunity to grow and improve your standard of living.
0: 100%. I think that's pretty much it for today. Thank yep. you, Peter, for sharing all of your experience and knowledge. Thank you. And again, guys, w- I would love to hear if anyone listening or watching this podcast is... Um, has invested in bitcoin and what their experience has been if you want to leave comments if you're on youtube and you're on facebook please do i would love to hear what people are experiencing around the world and what your thoughts are whether you're open to it or not
1: absolutely my final comment is um, do everything carefully Um, again we're not licensed to give advice in this space we're sharing our own personal comments Mm. Um, make sure if you do go out and you learn about these things you're doing them with credit credible businesses yes. that are licensed that are regulated um and google is a great source to find um those people
0: yeah 100% thank well, you see you next time bye bye bye